0: Hello and welcome to Lawrence Fork in Kansas, the podcast about the people and the stories behind the local food you love. I'm Jake.
1: And I'm Kristen. And today we're interviewing Evan Epperson, Associate General Manager and Bar Manager at Jay Wilson.
0: Welcome to episode eight of Lawrence Forking, Kansas. Uh, Thank you all for joining us uh, along this ride. Uh, We've had a great time. We Uh, are
1: super excited to announce that um, in Best of Lawrence, we came in seventh for podcasts, which like we'll take it because at the time, I think that voting closed, we only had a couple episodes out. We were brand new. So it's even beyond that list at all is really flattering.
0: So as, re- yeah, I mean, obviously we are very, very flattered that that many of you who listened, I assume have voted for us in that voted for us in that. And we're, uh, we're excited to go further next year. I think, uh, if you'll notice, a lot of those podcasts were sports related, so we're pretty proud to be up there. You had the Book Squad got number three there, and uh, you know you had us, and you had Double Deuce podcast, and you had doing the work with Jay and Becca. So, just wanted to take a moment here before we start the interview, just to thank you guys for uh, everyone for for voting for us, and uh, you know we got feeling pretty good at number seven. We're mm-hmm.
1: uh, we're in good company for sure.
0: Yeah, so it tells us a little bit, tells us that you like, like what we're doing, um, and we got a really good one today. Um, and we're really excited for
1: it. Today, we're talking with Associate General Manager and Bar Manager Evan Epperson of Jay Wilson's. Evan, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you.
0: So, for those of you who don't know, Jay Wilson's is a restaurant over there in West Lawrence. Uh, you know, you guys serve up a bunch of bunch of different things. Which I really like about your menu is it's a uh, you got a, you got a lot of meat selection, you got seafood, you got pastas, you got, a, you know, something, I'd say a little something for everyone. And I think what's cool is, you know, it's a lot of locally sourced, you know, sustainable stuff. I think you really put a, put a big, um, emphasis on that. So, you know, and, and so we just really, we really like what you guys are doing over there. I think it's, um, yeah, I think, you think you guys just do a really, really great job.
2: So. We try to have something for everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So Evan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you from Lawrence?
2: I am from Wichita originally mm-hmm. uh, I grew up there went to high school there and I decided to come to Lawrence for college um, in 2007 um, I'm a musician I chose Lawrence for its music scene and um, uh, spent some time in college playing in bands and stuff so though I'm a hist- I was a history major I got a degree in history but mm-hmm. um, uh, which makes me a professional bartender by the way uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they teach you that right yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, because there's not much else to do when you graduate with a degree <laughs> like that. But, so yeah, I uh, did some music and uh, and then in March of 2011, just before I graduated, I started working at Moriscos, as it was called back then, mm-hmm. and uh, started as a host. Um, and now, eight years later, I'm associate general manager and bar manager.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. And
0: that was your first... Being Mariscos was probably your first was that your first experience in the food service or
2: No, I had some experience previously. Um it's actually funny. There's uh, a lot of our crew that started in ice cream. Uh yeah, so our GM Lisa, who I've also worked with for eight years, um not always in that position, but uh we've kind of grown into it together. Uh she started at Dairy Queen. I started at Brahms, which people who in Lawrence might not know, but uh it's uh um, out of Oklahoma, but, uh, and, uh, then I got into fine service in Wichita, uh, in between uh, on summers, like, uh, during college and worked at Chelsea's bar and grill, uh, which also was the olive tree as well. And, uh, uh worked at, uh, the wine dive also in Wichita. It was called Mike's wine dive back then, but mm. yeah, mm. I had some experience in fine service and then, uh, got into it at uh, Morisco's as well.
1: Nice. Great. Right. And talk a little bit, I mean, obviously it used to be called Mariscos, and then 2016 was the big rebrand, now it's Jay Wilson. So what was that process like, and how did that decision come about?
2: Sure. So uh, in 2001, uh, Rick and Nancy Renfro, our current owners, opened Mariscos with uh, a bunch of different other investors and eventually took over sole proprietorship in 2010. Mm -hmm. And uh, after that point, uh, they kind of wanted to move toward modernizing the restaurant. Uh, It took a little while to get there. Uh, the decor was kind of a little bit dated and things like that. Um, and also, uh, they really wanted to bring it closer to the restaurant family that we were a part of, which is Johnny's Tavern. Uh, so Johnny's you know, started in North Lawrence in 1953. Rick bought it in 1978 and uh, kept on expanding. Now there's 10 of them wow. between between Lawrence and Kansas City. Uh, so we wanted to tie the restaurant into the Johnny's brand even though we don't do really anything that's similar to it. Um, so we chose the name Jay Wilson's, um, John Wilson was the founder of Johnny's in, mm-hmm. in 53, um, and, uh, really just kind of developed the concept from there.
0: And so you know, I noticed with the rebrand too, uh, uh, one of the taglines we like to is, uh, you know, inappropriately good as the tagline. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there a story behind that? Or you know, what,
2: uh, it's what we chose as our marketing tagline. Um, mm-hmm. I've, chosen to answer this question by painting you a picture of a commercial storyboard, right? Okay. So I uh, imagine a couple um, at a table in Jay Wilson's and they're, they're part of a group dining experience. So they're, you know, not necessarily interacting with just each other, but they're, you know, having interactions with other people as well. And there's an appetizer in front of them and they both try yeah. it together and they decide they like it. Um, uh, but as the night goes on, they're distracted by other people in their party and uh while the wife's looking away the husband might grab a piece of the appetizer and while the husband's looking away the wife grabs a piece of the appetizer and by Mm. you know soon enough there's nothing on the plate and they (laughs) both look at each other and get angry and then "Ah," just laugh it off (laughs) um and then before you know before it cuts to black and says inappropriately good you see a little shot of I don't know the wife looking around, checking her surroundings, picking up the plate and licking it, and it back <laughs> down. I like that. Oh man, uh, that's just the the best picture I could I could think yeah, of. Yeah, That's
0: yeah. what I really like? I like the story. It's a very fun atmosphere, and I like the stories that you know. Even on the on your menu, you know, you have at least currently you have the um, the whole story. Like you know the clue, you know, just to explain the restaurant, you use like the clue analogy, I guess. And, and I like the way you list out like everyone that works there is kind of a member of this you know this clue game and so is that kind of that seems like that's kind of the atmosphere there is it a lot of this little oh, creative thinking i guess in, in terms of
2: yeah there's um storytelling a big element of it so yeah. at the beginning of our menu we say we believe that all food has a story and uh with without our local partners, you know, and list all them, that we believe those stories would have no beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the back of the menu is what ends up being that story, that clue story, mm-hmm. um, which I view to be kind of like a synopsis of what we do, which is what you find on the back of a book. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a chance for me to flex my literary muscle a little bit and yep. and, and tell a story that kind of is um, engaging, but representative of what we do, mm-hmm. and also introduces all of, all of the characters right. um, that you'll find. And um I think it's important to note there's a little part at the end of the story that says, um, you find your all you find yourself altogether transported. Mm-hmm. And um it's actually a part of our training manual, uh, which I also wrote, <laughs> um, that when we're working with new employees, we kind of might uh, make it clear that we deal with a lot of details. The devil's in the details, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and hour after hour, minute after minute, we're looking after detail after detail. But when those things really come together, uh, what we do is nothing short of magic to somebody who has no experience Mm -hmm. in food service. Mm -hmm. Um, So that there, there is that kind of theme too, you know, all being altogether transported to a kind of magical experience. So that's what, that's what we aim to provide. (laughs) That's
0: one thing too. I always, uh, I like too about, you know, when you, walk in there. One, one, uh, from the outside, you know, it's very unassuming because, you know, it's in a strip mall right there. But then, like you said, once you walk in the door, though, it is like you're being transported. I remember the first time we went in there, we were like, oh, wow, like, this is really nice in here. And It's like a whole different, you know, it is like being transported kind of. That's kind of cool. So... You're doing good. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank, you. Yeah. thank you.
2: Our owner, Nancy had a lot to do with, uh, choosing the decor and stuff like that yeah. during, during our, our remodel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, she, yeah, really pulled something wonderful together. Um, I should mention too, that the remodel was kind of a really cool experience to go through yeah. for somebody who, you know, worked at both places. And there are actually quite a few who worked at both places. We've had Marisco's employees leave and come back hmm. and, um, uh, the uh, the owners, Rick and Nancy paid for everybody who was a, an employee at Morisco's at that time to work during the remodel, mm. whether it was just cleaning up or sorting through all the kitchen equipment that had to be moved out and moved back in and things right. like that. Um, and there's a, there's some elements of our restaurant that were actually built by those people. Um, wow. And wow. so the like the I don't know if you've seen the chain lamps that hang between the bar area yeah. and the dining room area, those all had to be, um, they were, they came in these big rolls that had to be kind of like strung out and untangled and measured and taped. And, uh, we called them the chain gang since they're all little chains and it took them about five days to, to oh, actually yeah. build all those oh, wow. custom light pieces.
1: Yeah. So yeah, they look really cool. Oh, thank Yeah.
2: You.
0: yeah with the light shining through and all that. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool.
1: Um, so talking about the menu, um, like we mentioned before, it is pretty large, really has something for everyone. So what goes into creating that? And, um, we can talk a little bit also about, um, you know, sourcing from local companies and farms.
2: Sure. So, um, developing the menu is kind of a, kind of a team effort. Um, mm-hmm. we have a great chef, uh, chef Luke Nestler, but it's, it's kind of team driven. Um, we have, uh. A great sous chef and saute cook named Leanne Ward. She used to work at the Paradise Cafe, so a lot of people will actually know her from from um, that's probably before your guys' time in town. But yeah. um, it's uh, it, it's kind of a local favorite from the, from times gone by. Um, and there's also uh, um, Tony Griffin. He's a line cook that is is very creative. He works with curries sometimes. It's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, our sous chef um, and kitchen manager Matt Pribeno. Uh, a culinary graduate just like uh, Luke. So he's get he's got some chops too and it comes up with some fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that plus there's also the people in the front of house who kind of during this creative process get to give some feedback and say, uh, this is what we hear people ask about. This is what we, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we shouldn't have these things repre- represented and things like that. So mm-hmm. there's a lot that there's a lot of it that's team oriented. And then when it comes down to using local products, um, we, uh, are able to source quite a bit, um, I think, uh, and even throughout the year, we've got mushrooms from Walker's Valley farms. We've got, uh, Kansas chickpeas from Meat LLC, you know, the, little things like that that you wouldn't necessarily mm. look for. You know, everybody's th- thinking about, Oh, this chicken came from the farm down mm-hmm. the road, but you know, right. a chickpea, would you think about it no no, yeah, no. Yeah. but you know that or even flour like uh we we there are some things that we're able to source locally through cisco mm-hmm. um usually they have to be uh, which is a food service yeah. provider if you don't know yeah. uh, but um uh, anyway there, there there's a, there's a lot of different ways to go about it uh, we do our best to get as much as we can in even mm-hmm. year-round but of course uh there there are things that are affected by seasonality we love to get the stuff in when it's seasonal mm-hmm. um we get in tomatoes from Kevin Irick, And, you know, when, when that comes around, we'll have something that really features that tomato. Mm Uh, we may change the menu to reflect that, or we may just run some features. You Mm -hmm. know, we do a daily feature. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it, it affects the creative process, uh, kind of on a seasonal scale, but also on a Mm -hmm. day-to-day scale. Like, oh, we just got this awesome urban from, from Walker's Valley. We need to use that. Yeah.
0: So along those lines, how often does your menu typically change? Do you do a full like refresh like every season or is it, you know,
2: we tend to do a large uh, overhaul about twice a year. Mm -hmm. And that's really between the warm season and the cold season. Mm -hmm. And then we might have some modifications um, Mm -hmm. between between spring and summer and between fall and winter
1: one big feature of the menu, um, you know, obviously before at Morisco's was seafood, but it's still there, um, at Jay Wilson's now. So why is it that seafood is such a big part of the menu? Is there any kind of story behind that?
2: So Morisco's, um, was, is Spanish and Italian for shellfish right. and seafood. Um, and it started as kind of a Southwest theme seafood restaurant. And over the years, uh, the culinary preparation changed, but the clientele's desire for good fresh seafood never really went away mm-hmm. um and in 2015 morisco's actually won first place for seafood uh, mm-hmm. in the best of lawrence competition mm-hmm. and so we just saw no reason to turn our back on a good thing
1: yeah and yeah.
2: It's, it's it's also a way for us to express some of our sustainable things that we do as well
0: yeah how the sourcing of that you know how is that you know how is that is that a difficult thing or i mean i'm sure you have to be a little particular make sure you get people that are you a way to source it that it gets here quick i guess is the is the big thing
2: yes we work with a couple of companies out of kansas city mm-hmm. um uh, fabulous fish and fortune uh, fortune fish and gourmet mm-hmm. um and a lot of the time that stuff's being flown in 48 to 72 hours out of water yeah. um so it's i truly think it's some of the freshest seafood yeah. that you can get in 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 kansas yeah um I and remember it,
0: we went know, we went there once and it was uh I got a, a halibut from Maine. I'm originally from like the East coast and all that. And my, my family is from Maine and I remember what we w- went in one day and it was like, Oh yeah, we have halibut right from Maine. I'm like, Oh man, that's awesome. So I remember getting that, but yeah, I mean, it was really good. I mean, you guys do a really good job at sourcing that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is a, uh you kind of have to be a little discerning. You know, Our uh, we have some very awesome sustainable things like Faroe Island salmon that's uh, well known for its uh, sustainability. My wife calls them hamster runs. They have the fish <laughs> have, uh, you know, um, some pens that run the length of the island and they can, it mimics their natural migratory mm-hmm. patterns. So healthier fish, healthier environment, eventually healthier food for you.
1: Yeah. Going back to the sustainability theme, something else that we noticed on your menu is that you guys, um, it says the staff um, personally take things home to recycle, and that seems to be a big part of what you've got going on. Um, Mm -hmm. So do you want to talk a little bit about how that kind of came about and what you guys are doing?
2: I'd love to. Um, So Lawrence doesn't have a commercial recycling program. Uh, We are very happy to have a residential, uh, recycling program. It's single stream. You can throw whatever is recyclable into mm-hmm. that, uh, into that bin, which is awesome. Um, so, uh, where this kind of started is that we've always had a, a city bin out back to collect cardboard. Corrugated cardboard is actually one of the most valuable recyclable things that you can collect. Mm. Uh, and so when we put our cardboard in that bin, the city's able to collect it, bundle it and sell it uh, for a profit. Mm. And, um, we started, after that, um, taking glass down to the Ripple Glass collection thing that we have near at a Dillon's near us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty easy just to collect bottles at the bar and set them out at night, run them down at the end of the shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, but about two years ago, I really wanted to take another step and, and really cut into our waste stream further. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started thinking about ways that we could um, recycle s- some more of our recyclable goods and also maybe even um, compost some of our food waste. There are commercial options for that that aren't um, uh, that aren't through the city. There are mm-hmm. you know private companies that recycle things and, and food, um, but the cost is is prohibitive hmm. for a you know a small business like us. So mm-hmm. um, there's a farmer that I listen to that says you know you can do things fast, um, cheap, or good, and you can have two of those, but you can't have thir- <laughs> you can't have a third. Um, so, you know, we could have done it, um, good and fast and, uh, but it wouldn't have been cheap. Mm-hmm. So instead we put our effort in, it's not fast, but it's good and it's cheap, mm-hmm. um, to take those, uh, other recyclables, um, home with us. So, um, there's one bin that collects a lot of the things that can go into single stream. But as I mentioned, cardboard doesn't go in there because mm-hmm. the city can make a profit off of it and glass doesn't go in there because the city pays by the ton to recycle it. And glass is the heaviest thing that you would probably be recycling so um and then beyond that a food waste bin that we collect for uh, farmers and um, friends of ours and myself i have a compost pile out back so uh, the potted plants on the patio you can see is house made dirt Oh, that's great yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's
1: awesome oh that's really fun
0: the other thing i want to you know we want to talk about is obviously the uh the bar menu so i mean i know you you have uh, a pretty big hand in that so um, you guys got a lot going on there. You got a lot, um, you know, I think the, the coolest thing too is, you know, once again, going back to the sustainability and all that, you, the, a lot of the wines you source, or at least on your menu, it's very clear and it's very delineated of like, all right, these are the organic ones. These are the bio, um, what was it? bio uh, dynamic? Yeah. 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 And all that. So uh, talk a little bit about that. What's it, what goes into creating a bar that's got all these different, different aspects to it?
2: Well, um, there are a lot of restaurants that have a farm-to-table uh, aspect to them that, mm-hmm. that I feel kind of forget the aspect of alcohol. Um, alcohol is agricultural mm-hmm. at its base. Everything that you make alcohol um, out of comes from a farm. So, um, I a couple of years ago really started to emphasize um, making that part of our part of our ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, with wine about, uh, you know, two years ago when we changed our, our wine menu, um, I approached our sommelier, Bruce, who we, we worked together to choose the wines. Mm-hmm. And I said, I really want to make this wine list more representative of sustainable and, uh, organic wines if, mm-hmm. if possible. And it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of research. He said, <laughs> It's mimicking drinking. Yeah. Um, but, um, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've learned a lot for sure. Um, but, uh, so in the end, uh, I think we have 44 wines on our list, uh, about 93% is, is sustainable at the very least, um, organic beyond that. And then the further super crazy biodynamic, which, you know, plants by the moon signs and has yeah. special practices for <laughs> compost making. And, but in the end, just Treats the farm like a whole ecosystem, like nothing is removed from it so much.
0: Because what is biodynamic? What the def- what defines a biodynamic wine?
2: Um, yeah, it's it's the biodynamic method um, created by oh, Bruce. Would be so mad at me. I can't remember the guy's name who uh, came up with it. I think he was German. Um, but it's yeah. it's a it's a long list of of things that you do. You do plant by the moon signs. You yeah. um, take cow manure buried in a cow's horn and, you know, for, for so many months and then you really? take it out and you make compost tea with it. Like, there's some pretty crazy, crazy stuff in there. Okay. Hmm. But like I said, at the end, when you look at it, the system as a whole is just trying to keep the nutrient cycle pretty full in the right. farm and not take too much out of it. Um, and in the end, you know, that's, that's something that sequesters carbon and mm-hmm. has a whole lot of... Other right. implications
0: that's, that's cool. crazy, so is it hard to you know to source all this stuff too from different regions and all that is it is, how do you make those connections I guess of you know is it going through your distributors or do you go out and have to actively search to bring you know to say hey we we want these can we, you distribute here because I know that's kind of a big thing too with you know alcohol in general is distribution you know they may not mm-hmm. distribute in Kansas, and mm-hmm. you're going to be limited there
2: yeah, so um Our distributors help a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. Websites help a lot. Thank God for all the, you know, those few websites that do have any kind of... Because it's very obscure. Alcohol production, they they don't want to tell you about their process so much. And and every time we would ask uh, somebody if a European wine was sustainable, you know, they say, of course it is sustainable. We've been doing this for 400 years. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay. All right. (laughs) But... Are you using solar? Are you trying to um, save your water, reuse gray water or something like that? Give me something. You know, are you Mm -hmm. growing cover crops in between your vines? Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's some people have a lot of information. Some people have almost none. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did our best. And so in the end, we feel like this wine list is triple filtered. We have Mm -hmm. wines that are uh, that over deliver for the price are still affordable and are sustainable at the very least.
0: Yeah, that's great. And then a lot of your liquors too, you know, are local and all that. So is that cool mm-hmm. to work? I'm sure it's definitely when it's local, it's probably easier to work with the with those uh, partners as well as that.
2: Yeah. One of the best things about the liquor is that they they tend to have a story. Yeah. You know, and and nothing is Nothing is easier than selling something with a story. Quick note about beer, by the way. It's mm-hmm. great to find local beer these days. It's it's, it's, it's yeah. easy. Yeah. It's I don't even have to think Plentiful. about it. Yeah. You know, I, if and if I if I try and source something that's not local, then I just look into their sustainability practices. And there's a lot of great people, especially mm-hmm. in Colorado, that have yeah. wonderful sustainability practices. But um, with the, back to the liquor, I try and um, and source things that uh, are. I've heard it described a couple of different ways, uh, grains to glass or soil to sip. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, if you're, you know, old economics discussion, it's just vertical integration, right? Mm-hmm. They control every step of the process. Yeah. Um, and there's a great distillery in Kansas that we carry is boot Hill. It's mm-hmm. out of Dodge city. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started as farmers. They decided to start distilling some of the things that they grew. Um, and uh, they have a little story on the back of the bottle about how Dodge city was founded. The guy who, you know, took his wagon and measured out five miles from Fort Dodge and started serving booze over a barrel in a tent, you know, <laughs> that's kind of the, the birth of Dodge. And we actually, um, participated in Tiki week, Tiki yeah, cocktail yeah. Com- competition earlier in the year. And, uh, we won in one category uh, with our bartender, Heather Roberts, uh, who made the long branch sling, which was a version yeah. of the Singapore sling using gin from boot Hill. And we researched it and found out, you know, the, the, Long Branch Saloon is the place that still exists in that Boot Hill Museum hmm. as oh, the preserved Long Branch Saloon. So we won for best name, I think. Nice, <laughs>
0: that's really that's fun. cool. And so, what about I see? I saw two on. Uh, you do a martini night too. So is there a particular reason you do? Do, do you do you like martinis? Is that kind <laughs> of a, a specialty? Or?
2: Oh, um, that was something that that kind of uh, existed before I before I arrived. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. it was Wednesday night actually when I started, when I started working. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just kind of something that we felt like, uh, you know, worked well for us. We do have a a pretty good crowd at the bar on, uh, Thursdays and, and in happy hour in general, uh, because we, um, any special on martinis that we have on Thursday is also available during happy hour, any other time of the week. So, Mm -hmm. um, but there's about eight martinis on the list and, um, you know, we've got some great regulars who comes in like Howard, our 93 year old, old orchestra conductor who still <laughs> likes to drink his Gibson with four onions, you know? So, <laughs> um,
0: yeah. You strike me fun. as a, it strikes me as a place too, where you have a lot of regulars. So how, how does that play into your, you know, you know what you do? I mean, I imagine that's a, it's a big, you know, big thing to have regulars come in. So is, is it fun to, seeing them come back and seeing them kind of yeah, you know, helps you develop pride too and, and see like, Oh, this is what they like. You know, this is what people like. This is what keeps bringing people back.
2: Yeah. So, um, sometimes when I have trainees with me, I'm, I'm like saying hi to everybody and calling mm-hmm. them by name and, and telling them what that person likes or, you know, mm-hmm. when they show up or something like that. And it's, I sometimes have to sit back and wonder like how weird is that for, to just, you know, to be with somebody who just knows every name in the room. Yeah. And I was like, it's, yeah, we really do have um, something more than a business. It's a community. Yeah, um, we have people who come multiple times a week. We have some people who come every day, yeah. every day, and eat at the restaurant. It's amazing, um, and you know a whole host of others who come once yeah. a week or a few times a month that we still bother to learn the names of and right. what they're what you know what's certain things they like, and we try our best to communicate among the team. So that, um, that person feels like the whole place knows what they, what they like. Oh, that's
1: cool.
0: That's awesome. And, uh, you know, for, you know, just talking cocktail creation too, we noticed your menu has a lot of, it's, I mean, you guys have a lot of cool different things. Yeah. I had
1: one where, um, you pour something else into it and then it changes colors That's really fun.
2: I have to give credit to my wife on that one. Megan, um, is a, is a bartender with us. She, she's a, a school teacher by day, but, um, she came to me during Tiki week and, and had learned about this certain ingredient that was, um, uh, uh was called the butterfly pea flower. And it's, wow, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a species that. of pea Yeah, that, that mm-hmm. it grows in Thailand or I'm sure it grows el- mm-hmm. elsewhere now too. But, um, if you use the flour from the pea, it uh, can dye something incredibly, in- incredibly vibrantly blue, mm-hmm. um, very dark, and, um, but it's a pH indicator. Oh, and okay. so when you add acid to it, uh, oh, it will change from dark, dark blue to pink. Hmm. Um, and so we made a syrup out of it. We mixed the, we mixed the vodka together with that, and, um, and then we serve in another glass a lemon juice and soda water. And so it's, it's a vodka lemonade. Like it's not a complicated yeah. cocktail, right, but, it, right. but but it's, it's really fun. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. fun to do. And, yeah. it, and I think the description on the menu is vodka, housemade lemonade, pretty colors, science.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's how
1: I chose it. But yeah, that sounds awesome. I definitely want to do that.
2: Yeah. So, so we did that and uh, you, you take your martini glass or, or a cocktail glass and you pour the lemon juice in and it turns before your eyes from, from blue <laughs> to, for, to pink. And we called it hydrangea. So hydrangea is a flower that is also affected by soil pH, the flower, the color of the flower will be different. So
1: nice. That's clever.
2: We're big gardeners. So yeah, a little inside joke there.
0: That's awesome. So, um, we always like to ask this question. Um, we'll start with drinks. If you were to only have, what's your favorite drink that you make? You know, what's what, if you could only drink it for a year, what would be the one drink you'd
2: go to? Oh my God. That's a tough question um I'm what I refer to as an omniboire yeah um from the French Boire to drink, so i will will drink anything yeah um at least once <laughs> and um that's tough i honestly I have a lot of fun making cocktails, but I don't drink cocktails that that often right um I mean I always try and make sure that they're balanced and that mm-hmm. nobody's gonna say it's too sweet or 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 anything like that um I, I think I would choose just like a, a red wine or yeah. some, something like that. I've, I really enjoyed um, the process of choosing wine and things like that. I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of, uh, and the whole idea of terroir, you know, mm-hmm. there's climate and culture mm-hmm. and tradition and things that go into this glass. So it's almost like a vacation mm-hmm. in a glass when mm-hmm. you're tasting it.
0: What are you drinking right now? What's, a, what's, what's your top hit of a, of a good red wine?
2: Mm, of the wines that we carry, I think I choose uh, a nice French red every once in a while, kind of between our, our French Cabernet and yeah. our Le de Billejoe, which is um, a biodynamically produced uh, mm-hmm. blend from mm-hmm. the Rhone. Nice. Or uh, Cote de Roussillon, excuse
0: yeah. me. So what about food? So if you had to, off, off your menu, what's your favorite thing that you guys make there?
2: I think my favorite thing to suggest is um, our bourbon chicken. Uh, the chicken is all free range and local and we break it down in house. Um, Mm -hmm. it's served, the dish has a bone in chicken breast. So the chicken breast is nice and juicy and then the thigh, which is bone out. And then it's, you know, smashed Yukon potatoes and sauteed greens with a bourbon reduction. It's almost like a gravy without the flour. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's really rich. I had one gentleman refer to it as chicken crack. (laughs) Um, He's because he immediately became addicted, um, (laughs) and that's a great dish to suggest. Um, and probably if I had to choose a second, uh, the Faroe Island salmon dish is a great Mm -hmm. representation of what we do at the restaurant. Um, champagne poached salmon was our owner's mother's favorite dish in the world. Mm. And so when we opened, uh, we put a champagne poached salmon on the menu it's been there ever since. It's Mm -hmm. our biggest selling entree behind steaks. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, Really delicious and you know, crispy red potatoes, sautéed kale, beurre blanc sauce over the top mm-hmm. with dill. Mm. Uh, really nice representation of that salmon.
1: Nice.
0: nice. What about you guys? Have a pretty big brunch uh, brunch scene too over there too. Is that a uh, oh. What's your favorite thing about doing brunch and all that? I feel like it's a, it attracts is it a, a certain crowd? crowd. Yeah, it's a different crowd, or is it the same? Yeah, like
2: I mean, you know, some of the crowd's the same and some of the crowd's different. Um, I think millennials are obsessed with brunch, yeah, you know, yeah. like so we see a lot more young people on Saturday and Sunday morning than, mm. than other times. Um, fully a third of the people that we see come through the restaurant come in on Saturday and Sunday morning. Mm. Like, wow. It's big. Um we take reservations, reservations recommended. Oh, yeah. Um, good. we have a great regular crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of folks you know, come after church or just, you know, it's their West side hangout, right. mm-hmm. uh, whatever happens to be the, happens to be the MO, but, um, you know, we just like to serve good food and we, uh, do our best to get it out fast <laughs> <laughs> with that many people coming through.
0: Yeah. That's great. And you got a little, a little outdoor seating area too. I think with the renovation that was was that was new, or did you have that beforehand?
2: Too? Oh, slightly modified yeah. with the renovation yeah. because Merska's um, uh, had basically the same patio, but our entrance way, where it is now, mm-hmm. was also part of the patio. We added oh, that okay. on, and the entrance was on the was on the north side, okay, yeah. where the banquet space is now.
0: Gotcha.
1: What's your favorite place to eat in Lawrence? That's not J. Wilson's.
2: Well, I certainly eat at J. Wilson's more than anywhere else. <laughs> <but> <laughs> You're biased. Um, I think that, uh, whenever my wife and I have a chance to go, um, go out and have a nice night, we might choose, um, seven 15. I like that place a lot. Yeah. So do we. Uh, Um, and then, uh, if we're out and we have a chance to grab breakfast, we'll do the levee. The levee is wonderful.
1: Nice. Yeah. Yeah,
0: That's nice scenery up there too by the river.
2: Yep. Yep. Good food. Good scenery. It's Mm -hmm. awesome.
0: No, it's great. And so what events do you guys got coming up? I, I know you guys, I, I did one a while ago. I think it was back when it was Morisco's, but we did, you know, you guys did like whiskey dinner and that was, and that was really great. I love, I mean, I love any of them. I'm a sucker for those kind of dinners, right? Where it's, you know, you pair it with the food and it's it really brings it to a different level. I know you guys have continued to do that kind of stuff. So you have that kind of, kind of thing kind of coming up or any, anything like that?
2: Yeah. I have had the great pleasure of planning two bourbon dinners in my time there. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's a great time. Cause you know, like I said, research, Yeah, you right. got, to, I mean, it's you tough. Have to choose you them. C- yeah. do it. <laughs> Hard work. Um, so we do have something coming up, but uh, it's, it's kind of loosely planned at this point, but, uh, I would like to do a wine dinner next month in July. Um, mm. that is a benefit for just food, mm. uh, which is our Douglas County food bank. In the past year, we've had some pretty great success. Um, Doing some charity events, we hosted a DECA fundraiser um, a few months ago and raised over a thousand dollars for them in a night. Uh, we mm-hmm. ha- had an event called uh, "Margaritas for Margarita" back in August, and that was a benefit for migrant families. Oh, okay. I have never shaken so hard in my life. Um, oh. Yeah, because <laughs> we make a lot of the margaritas from scratch, oh, so, wow. so it, was, it yeah. was a it was a a lot. Yeah, it was a <laughs> lot of work, lot. Um, but we. Great success for that one too. Um, so I'd like to do something like that again, uh, benefiting just food, and um, I would also like to uh, uh, feature maybe some Douglas County wineries, or you know, barring mm-hmm. that, some um, Kansas wineries at the mm-hmm. very least. So right. It's cool. been a while since um, we've done a local wine dinner. I think our last one was—oh, don't ask me to name the year—but I think it was uh, as Blue, Blue Jacket Crossing, mm-hmm. uh, which is my favorite winery in douglas county i think but i haven't been to all of them yet so it's unfair to pick a favorite. <laughs> yeah um, yeah um we have um uh, every year after our remodel we've celebrated um our our reopening mm-hmm. our birth is jay wilson's uh so it's the first week of august we always try and do something special on our first year we did a big party had a, hosted a bunch of people and uh last year we did some um we did some uh, a roll out of our brand new menu which is um which was great. Um, mm-hmm. We've changed it since then, but uh, yeah. So look for some look for some fun times in the first week of August at Jay yeah. Wilson's.
0: Great. Awesome. Where's the best place to you guys post those things on Facebook? Is that a good place to find you guys on there? Or?
2: Yeah, we have an email club. So if you come in and dine, we have a guest mm-hmm. remarks card that you can add your email to, um, mm-hmm. and we also uh, try and post any events upcoming on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a pretty good Instagram account, um, but uh, yeah, we don't do so much like posting of events on that necessarily.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I found Facebook's been a pretty good, pretty good source for finding events and all that for, you know, different restaurants. It
1: seems to be pretty much all we use it for anymore. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just like, well, yeah, I don't care about, you know, looking at (laughs) people's posts. I just need to look at the restaurants and what's going on. Mm -hmm, (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. Well, thanks again to Evan for talking with us today. Be sure to check out Jay Wilson's at the corner of sixth and Wacarusa in lovely Lawrence, Kansas.
0: And you guys are open. Is it seven days a week or you guys,
2: Seven days a week, uh, brunch from 9 a.m. to 2 on Saturdays and Sundays. uh, And we're open for lunch every day during the week, too, at 11.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again, Evan. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Lawrence Forking, Kansas. We had a great time chatting with Evan Epperson of Jay Wilson's.
1: If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts.
0: Also, please follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at Lawrence Forking, Kansas, Instagram at Lawrence Forking, Kansas, and Twitter at Lawrence Forking. Feel free to find our pages, like us, follow us, share our posts, and uh, do all that fun stuff.
1: And if you're a restaurant or a food business owner in town and you're interested in coming on the show, please just reach out on social media or you can email us at LawrenceForkingKansas at gmail.com and let us know. We're always looking for new people to talk to and would love to talk to you.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: We'll catch you next time.